Get ready to rumble. Shilling Show Unleashed on the Seven Thunders Media Network. Former city councilor, husband, father, and community watchdog. Your host, Rob Schilling. Welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. We appreciate your support. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast welcomes Jason Ho, Chief Technology Officer at Techlium, talking today about Biden's America and the Chinese Communist Party, a grave threat. Jason, thanks for joining us today on the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Appreciate to have me here. Thank you. I think a lot of Americans are ignorant, and I want to start here, of the history of Taiwan. And it's very important in the discussion to know how this nation came to be. Would you tell us, please? Yes. A lot of people just look at the recent years to think about the Taiwan and China situation. It may just like a Middle East. This is a long history behind them. And China is a society based on families. So Taiwanese elite, not Taiwanese people, Taiwanese elite, actually, they are from the same family with the communist parties. So their ties, you can say, in the decades or hundreds of years, they are tied very strong. So actually, Taiwanese elite and communist party, they are unicals. This is a very important fact, probably most Americans does not understand Well, I think you're exactly right. I had never heard that before. So as we look at the disagreements between Taiwan and mainland China, the Chinese Communist Party, are these disagreements only for show or are there actual disagreements seeing as that they're coming from the same family? And definitely. And Taiwan and China were never so simple. The way the Communist Party, the China Communist Party can infiltrate the world so easily without any being noticed. It is because they know how to play games. They can play the positive side. They can play the negative side. They can play your friends. They can play your enemy. Definitely China-Taiwan dispute. This is another traditional setup by the Chinese, how to fool the people, and they can take advantage of. So what is the present day state of Taiwan? It appears to be under a lot of pressure. There are military exercises, incursions into its airspace by the Chinese is the nation holding up and bearing up under this pressure? And actually, I don't think so. And I think last year, when I talk about the Taiwanese soldiers, because last year, and the Taiwanese policy, Taiwanese soldiers, not allowed to touch guns. This is a, this is an army of love and peace. They have no, no intention to engage in the war. And also, Taiwanese young people is not ready to fight in the war. They only do about the and uh, four months and the military service and there's no sense of any tension between so when the china shooting the missile across and taiwan's airspace taiwan has sufficient ability if they are similar to israel they are similar to south korea definitely they will file anti-missile to intercept the china missile towards taiwan airfield but they didn't do that so everything just to show and the Taiwanese government, Taiwanese people, there's no tension at all about the military exercise surrounding the Taiwan Island. 
Let's talk about Speaker Pelosi's visit. As you see it, what was the stated purpose of Nancy Pelosi visiting Taiwan? I think this is very important. And Nancy Pelosi's visit after the Biden and Xi Jinping's long phone conversations. This is not a coincidence. And also, and when Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan, China doing the military exercise, but only two hours. And then that military exercise is only after Nancy Pelosi left Taiwan. China is really doesn't like her to go there and they can do the military exercise in advance. So we can see this Nancy Pelosi visit actually is a show arranged by Taiwan and China try to create the tension. Why do they need attention? Because Xi Jinping wants to be the China emperor and election in September confirmation, I'm sorry, election in October confirmation in November, November 6th. And here, November 8th, we have a midterm election. So both sides understand China, the U.S. tension is the best way to boost both sides' supporting rate. Xi Jinping thinks the last four months before he can be confirmed as emperor is extremely important time. Also, he thinks that's the most challenging time for his whole life political career. So if he can create a tension between the U.S. and China, then the people were supporting him. If uh, and uh, Nancy Pelosi's party, Democratic Party, can receive the tension between the China and the U.S., and suddenly they become the one fighting against the China, against the China communist aggression, definitely can receive a lot of benefits. So this is uh, their agreement. What is Pelosi's financial connection to either the Chinese Communist Party or to Taiwan? This is a very interesting part. Nancy Pelosi visit Taiwan is not arranged by, by Taiwanese president. And there are a lot of reports and also and a lot of news in Taiwan talk about in the beginning, Nancy Pelosi wanted to have Taiwanese president issued an invitation letter to her, but Taiwan president refused. Again, again, then suddenly the Taiwan Semiconductor and, uh, and the Manufacturing Corporation, TSMC, and uh, the founder, Morris Chen, and uh, give pressure to the and Taiwanese president. Finally, in the last minute, probably the, just the one day or a few hours before Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan, she finally and got invitation from Taiwan. So everything is arranged by commercial interest. TSMC, and in the beginning, uh, arranged and initiated this meeting have Nancy Pelosi came to Taiwan. Most importantly, Nancy Pelosi arrived to Taiwan, and I believe around 10.30 p.m., very late at the night. And the next day, in the morning, 7 a.m., Nancy Pelosi immediately have a secret meeting under the secure environment, have a meeting with the TSMC CEO and in the American Embassy in Taiwan, because American Institute in Taipei. So they hold a very secret meeting there, starting from the 7th. And the and in the noontime, Nancy Pelosi has a lunch with uh, Morris Chen, the TSMC founder. So from the beginning to the end, for most time, Nancy Pelosi was in Taiwan. TSMC was heavily involved. Definitely, this is about the TSMC interest. This is about the financial benefits. And definitely, Nancy Pelosi is focus, uh, focused on those benefits. She visited Taiwan. Jason Ho, there was quite a, a stir created 
when Joe Biden said something about America's commitment to defending Taiwan. And then later, there was a statement that uh, the United States does not recognize Taiwan as an independent nation or a push for Taiwan's independence. Where does America stand in its commitment to defending Taiwan, or is that even necessary? Unfortunately, you know, politicians, their focus is not uh, what American should do, what benefit American, but their consideration, what would benefit the most to their party, to their political career. And definitely Taiwan and China as the ties between the Taiwan elite and the China comes party. And Taiwanese soldiers is love and peace. And if American soldier wants the blood and death to get into this trap, this definitely is not wise. And But for those and people who in administration, definitely they can say whatever is necessary. Sometimes they can say they will defend Taiwan. Sometimes they will say they will honor one China policy. And sometimes they will say they want to stay the China and the, the Taiwan, the Taiwan Strait, the China-Taiwan status. They can say whatever they like. The key is the connection between China and the U.S. Unfortunately, it's very profound. When it comes down to it, what would the United States do, in your opinion, if China did make a move against Taiwan, a military move? First, it is extremely unlikely because Taiwan's existence, they have done a lot of benefits for China. I think majority of Americans still think Taiwan is very important, just like Japan, we must protect Taiwan against China. So definitely China will not let Taiwan status change or disappear because if everything becoming part of China, then they no longer can play those games because in Taiwan and you can have a lot of benefit and to have less restrict the product shipment, the technology transferring and which China urgently need. But if more that happen and which it's really less likely, I think, and China has many ways can take Taiwan extremely easily and a sanction, a military sanction, and probably will resolve Taiwan in a few days. Help us to understand the extent or limitations of Taiwan's military strength. I think a lot of people don't know how, much, how big is their army, how much military equipment do they have, and how could they possibly defend themselves against China? There's an important poll. I don't remember the number exactly. I believe people under 30 years of age in Taiwan, majority of them have no interest to enter the battlefield to fight with against China. Are they just selfish? No, because they are smart. They have learned from those politicians. They know those links. And I think in hundreds of years, and if not, at least decades of connections between Taiwan and China. In those sense, and definitely they have no interest to fight a war with China. Also most Taiwanese, they just naively think the war will not happen because in reality, the war will not happen. So they are unprepared. They have no intention to fight a war. And Taiwanese, uh, old uh, and the defense camp and the soldiers, Myself, for example, I was born in Taiwan. We must have a two years military service back then, but not only four months. And Taiwanese defense never intend to defend Taiwan. It's not. Their purpose is propaganda. Their purpose is to maintain the political power for those people on top. There's a lot of discussion about the United States and the world's reliance on Taiwanese 
computer chips, particularly a technology generally. Does China already have access to that? In other words, would that be something that China would want a further hold on, or do they already have what they need? Taiwan domination in semiconductor and computer business. This is a plan by China from the beginning. The beginning is planned by the Deng Xiaoping, the very important leader in Communist Party. Everything started in 1978 when Deng Xiaoping thinks and China must get control of the communication and the computers. From that point, so the Taiwan semiconductor industry started and with Huawei and TSM Huawei started at the same time with 1987. And there's a numerous report Huawei and TSMC, actually, they are the same organization, same entity, but the two names. Also, we have a profound evidence, and also myself have made a declaration to the DOJ under the perjury, and there's a lot of evidence showing two companies actually one entity. So this is a Chinese traditional, and you can say the art of war or art of battle, and their way how to manipulate the people. So they know how to set up an organization, carry the different company names. In China, I always remind the people, people think Huawei and their communication solution, 5G solutions, create a lot of risk and for the uh, not only U.S. national security concerns, but also other nations. But I always cautious people, and what does Huawei mean? And just company under Huawei name, maybe there are hundreds, thousands of Huawei. Also, Huawei can anytime change to another name. So for Chinese, their concept of company name just uh, use for their advantage. And maybe just politicians talk about, uh, we love the U.S., we are patriot. Uh, when the politicians talk about this is for the economic good and there's no inflation, and they can say whatever they like and necessary. So they play the company name the same thing. When we look at a company, we're looking at like uh, this is a business. Actually, for Chinese point of view, this is an organization. We cannot see them as a company, same like a U.S. corporation, even the Google, even the Amazon. This is not, it's not the same. The Shilling Show Unleashed podcast continues with Jason Ho in just a moment. Associated Press award-winning journalist, Rob Schilling. Borderhawk.news is a one-stop shop with the latest news about immigration, nationalism, and globalism. The Borderhawk staff daily curates immigration news stories and in the fashion of the Drudge Report, updates the site with cutting-edge content and original first-class commentary. Borderhawk.news highlights national and international media reports, tweets and nuggets buried in local news blurbs, polls, video clips, and policy research. Borderhawk is pro-legal immigration, pro-rule of law, but against an unsecure border as countless Americans have suffered violence at the hands of criminal illegal aliens. And an increasing number of Americans are concerned about how mass migration affects their daily life. Borderhawk.news will remain on the forefront of the immigration issue with a buffet of info to read, evaluate, and share. Bookmark Borderhawk.news. Add them on social media at News on Twitter. Get your fix. Shilling Show Unleashed. We return to the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Our guest is Jason Ho, Chief Technology Officer at Techlium. We're talking about the influence of the Chinese Communist Party around the world and specifically in America. You state, Jason, that the Chinese Communist Party is really the cause of most of the world's problems. Would you elaborate on that? 
you talk to anyone in Washington, D.C., you talk about the issues in South America, what's the number one concern? China. If you talk about the Middle East, talk about Iraq, Afghanistan, and what's the number one concern? This is China. You talk about Europe and Asia, Southeast Asia or South Asia, they are all the same. China is always concerned. This is not a coincidence. And China becoming so influential, becoming so powerful. Definitely from China Communist Party's perspective, they've been asked by the globalists. And China would say, you have so many important and the globalist figure come and came to our nation, the Bill Gates, your solos, those people push China to becoming aggressive and make China's aggression as a comment around the world. But from our point of view, no matter this, who started, and this is a fact, China has been security concern almost the majority part of the world. And the reason is very simple. Those people in power and the Wall Street and Washington, D.C. allow this to happen. When China separates the U.S. dollar and the Chinese RMB becoming two financial systems, then China can take all the financial benefit from the U.S. dollar and without any consequences, they become have unlimited financial resources to play it around the world. Definitely, this is the result. And yet we have aided their ascendancy. Uh, could China be what it is today without the United States' quest for cheap Chinese goods? Actually, the dependency on China is artificial. There's money, because if there's a, there's a money, there's a business, and business go with the money. If the U.S. decides not to use China products, and there are so many other nations can fill the gap. There's a Vietnam, there's and uh, Indonesia, this is uh, Malaysia, this is uh, Indu. And there are so many, many countries and can fulfill the whole. But those big corporations, they think about their own benefits. They think about their own network. The profit margin for US, US large corporations is sufficient enough. They can tolerate any economic turbulence, but they have to think about their profit. Definitely, if inflation comes, they will take the advantage. They will try to raise the price. If they cannot raise the price, they just reduce the package content and make sure they still maintain the sufficient profit. U.S. dependency on China, this is a pure artificial. This is supported by two parts. First is U.S. financial and society or industry and heavily support China's development. And China can have unlimited benefits, unlimited money to use, unlimited resource, and can put their influence around the world. This is because they have uh, and people in the Wall Street, people in the financial sector, and even a lot of U.S. pension funds pour their money into China, allow China to do so. For us, dependent on the China goods, because all large corporations, they don't want to invest. They don't want to think about the national security issues. They don't want to diversify. They just want to focus their business dealing with China only. And there are so many examples, like Apple, and they tie to China completely. And without China, it seems like they cannot move forward. Even the Tesla, Elon Musk, they still have to have a factory in Shanghai to have their company cost coming down. So everything is because finance sector and big corporations artificially created China become so important role for the U.S. And this is the only fact. If we can have them to change a little, even if it's not possible, and China no longer becomes an important factor for the U.S. 
You mentioned, Jason, the influence over American business, which is pretty obvious to all of us, but there's also seemingly an influence from China, the Chinese Communist Party, over American culture and what can be said and what can't be said in public, what can be shown in movies and what can't. Are we imagining that? Definitely. It's very simple. Just look at the mainstream social media. You can uh, accuse the Putin. You can against uh, Russia. You can mention the Russia. Talk about the Russia is horrible. You can make all the names. But try if you, you over the YouTube, you make a video criticize China, criticize Xi Jinping, criticize China Communist Party. You will immediately demonetized. And this is an example. And uh, those social media talk about it's for the social benefit, for the old users benefit. And, but in the end, when they want to attack Russia, they full force. But when we talk about China, it is completely censored. Why is that? So those influence is pretty profound. And this is not only China was behind those large social media platforms, those behind because China actually and China Comes Party is quite proud about themselves because and it was first mentioned in the 1998 inside the China Comes Party meeting they invented the word social media because they think and China has no ability to fully influence the US media but if they can create a new media they call the social media and can influence American they can starting from the social media, they have a full and influence by the mainstream media as well. And maybe other people, other talented people also think about the social media as a good direction go. But if we really look at those investment history, we can realize most of the social media companies, unfortunately, in China, always they were the initial investors. There's something going on that's concerning a lot of people in America who are paying attention, and that is the Chinese Communist Party buying up American farmland. To what extent is that an actual problem, and is there anything that should and can be done about it? China always wants to make a biological change of the American populations. Biological change, it means China always wants to modify American DNA, want to modify American the people living here and their biologic structures. So their intention for fun names is China, now it's focused on the next step, um, bioweapon. For them, the first step, because a lot of people say that COVID is coming from China, but uh, many people say, no, no, it's just coming from the natural. No matter what, China has benefited so much from the COVID. All the world, inflation started, economy weakened, and China becoming a dominant factor and around the world. They have enjoyed, China have enjoyed all the benefits. And therefore, now they're moving to the next stage. This is actually started in China 10 years ago in the province of Xinjiang, in the province of Tibet. And they already tried to engineer the food product to change the people's behavior. Then China successfully develop a certain technology and can put those into the food ingredients so through our daily diet and they can change how people act, how people think, how people work. It's not 100% successful, but the act, but still China believe they can achieve certain percentage and effect. So this is why 
they need to come to the U.S. by foreign land to create those bioweapons, to create the new engineered food products into the U.S. food chain. And they believe they can use the same way, look at Xinjiang, look at Tibet, how easy for China to conquer them. They hope the same method, they can conquer the U.S. with the same approach. It has been a dream of Americans. Some American presidents over the years and their policy have expressed uh, uh, liberating the Chinese people. Uh, we saw the Goddess of Liberty back in 1987, Tiananmen Square, and not much since then. So what is the progress, if any, in liberating the Chinese people from the Chinese Communist Party? Ironically, I think uh, now the help media is American people, not the Chinese people. Mm-hmm. No. I think uh, the freedom of speech and uh, under the threat of the censorship, the friendliness of elections, foundation of democracy, and that in jeopardy. Uh, people are disregarded in the Constitution. I think, I think private liberation is for American people, not for the Chinese people. China Communist Party, a lot of Americans just understand. The, they will think the government would concern the people, the government would think about the Chinese welfare. Unfortunately, this none of those is ingredient for the China Comes Party. For China Comes Party, from their point of view, 70% of Chinese population, which is uh, an under the water, which is cannot make ends meet, and they have no interest about those people. They live better, they die, or they live miserably. They have no concern at all. For China Comes Party, the only concern about the upper 30% of people. This is China's strategy. And also, people, they think they are privileged and they can live in a different social status and they need to keep those 70% people in the bottom. So the liberation of China is not naively as Americans would think. You give them the voting, you give them the election, and then everything will resolve magically. It's not so simple. China doesn't need liberation. And what China needs is someone really concerned about the Chinese welfare? Unfortunately, in the past decades, not only Chinese Communist Party, we look at the past hundred years, even thousand years, there's no ruler, there's no people on top ever concerned about the Chinese welfare. And therefore, for Chinese people, they will get used to it. And some people even like the system. And this is a very strange effect. And maybe just like people keeping hostage for long, they will love the people incarcerated them. That's the same effect. So how to change their mindset is not an easy work. This is a very tough engineering work, and this is not a simple. We said the liberation can resolve the Chinese problem. Finally, Jason, are there any signs of optimism for the future? I always think the future will never as China comes party planned because there are two values. And the Chinese Communist Party cannot understand about America. First is a faith. American is nation of God. And this faith you cannot remove. China Communist Party never believe in any religious. And because they want to act as God. If in other angle they believe in ghost, they believe in Satan. And they believe their power, their evil power can over anything they want. But here is different. This is a faith nation. The faith is something and China can never conquer. And second, the heartland of the U.S. There's a lot of story and a lot of uh, philosophers actually in China. Uh, they think uh, there will be a stupid act if the China Communist Party ever tried to 
occupied or control the U.S. because they think this is a land and manageable because we have Harlem, we have so many people, we have freedom, and people is very well-educated. People can realize things. It's not so easy as China would have been to rule those people in Europe, in South America, or in the Southeast Asia. This is a very different culture, very different nation. These two ingredients, I think, definitely the U.S. will prevail. Jason Ho, if people want to follow you or get more information on the work that you do, is there a place they can visit you online? And fortunately, because uh, most of my talk is uh, sanctioned, and so I have a limited online presence, uh, but uh, my company website is techlium.com, D-K-L-I-U-M.com. We try to provide important solution technology, and based on the business support, hopefully we can play our part and to do the benefit of the world development. And so people can see our website, understand what we are doing. It's such an important conversation, Jason Ho. Thank you for joining us today and for speaking out on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. That concludes another edition of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Visit us online at shillingshow.com where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time.